pretty decent audio. I think we're going to be okay, but it seems like we're losing stuff right now. I see it. Yeah, that sucks. Well, that's because I just turned on the recording. Oh. I like to do it when I don't tell you. See what comes out. I love that. Hey, welcome aboard. (laughs) Welcome to Over 50, starting over with Merle Garrison, Barry Edwards. I am Barry. You're Merle. I'm Merle Garrison, yeah. Yeah, you are. Merle, I wanted to pick up with something. One of our listeners reminded me that last time. I cut you off, and I'm usually pretty good at circling back. But I cut you off. We were talking about anxiety. You said the yeah. definition was self-condemnation. I butted it and I said, well, I know a clinical definition is um, fear of the past and the future, not being mm, in the present. Mm-hmm. But and I agree with I, that. Yeah, we talked all about that. But we didn't talk at all about self-condemnation. And I find that fascinating. So I want you to you know, follow up on that. Well, well thanks anxiety. for bringing that up, Barry. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Really, this comes directly from my faith as a Christian, and I see, and I've had my own struggles with anxiety before. We both have. Yeah, so it's uh, and <laughs> it's it's more common than ever before now. I yes, think uh, probably about uh, four out of five people have experienced this or are, are experiencing it right now. I think and social media I, has a lot to do with it. Oh, same here, and you know. Especially right now, there's so much stuff that's going on. It's a dark time. Yes. And um, and I said condemnation the other day. Another word you could use is disqualification. Mm. Okay. No, in, a great clarify, example would be you said doing self the show. Con- self-condemnation. And self-disqualification. Okay. Okay. Same thing. Um, and so here's here's what I'm talking about. Um, on a on a surface level, I wanted to do this podcast with you. But on the inside of me, I was saying, I can't do this. I don't have time to do this. I'm not talented enough to do this. Nobody's going to watch. Nobody cares about what I think, blah, blah, blah. I'm disqualifying myself. Yes. And so, but it, but then I decide, well, I'm going to move forward with this anyhow. So uh, I, all these disqualification fears start to happen to me where I'm, you know, I get in front of a, of a camera and uh, I got a zit on my face. I've got this going on or that going on. And, and pretty soon. I, I just I get myself so worked up that the, these are the kinds of things that spur fear, which rolls into full-on anxiety. Now, from a spiritual level, as a Christian, the way that I see it is this way: we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and so you know this is where religion gets people all screwed up: is that uh, they feel like they're not good enough for God. And therefore wow. they don't go to God. And and it has everything to do with sin. Sin is the big disqualifier. And so uh but but we all have this. Nobody is immune to this. In fact, according to the Bible, because of Adam and the original sin, we're all born with this inside of us where we feel this I'm not worthy kind of thing. And so the not worthy thing starts, it's like a seed that germinates and grows into this terrible, full-on anxiety at times. You had a comment. Uh, question. I thought it was Eve. I thought she was the one that bit the damn apple. <clears throat> she did. You know, can't she tell a woman see. anything, you know? Well, oh, well, here's the interesting thing about that whole thing. You're right. Eve bit, bit the apple first. And by the way, it's interesting. In the Bible, it says it's a piece of fruit. It never says that it's an apple. Really? Side note there. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too. That is interesting. Uh, So she bit into it because, according to the Bible, Satan had deceived her. And uh, if you look at the account, uh, she's actually misquoting what God said to Adam. Now, if you really look into this, God told Adam not to eat from the tree of, of uh, knowledge and of good and evil. And he didn't tell that to Eve. So Adam must have told something to Eve that was not right. And through that, Eve was deceived by Satan. Now, if you read the account very closely, Adam was standing right there when, he, when Eve was being deceived. And Adam knew full well what God had said to him. So when Adam he bit probably the apple, wasn't listening. 
He's a guy. <laughs> Half, you know, I was thinking about the, the football game or something. Uh, you know what? Probably. You know, you know how we are. But, um, but here's another thing, though, is that when Adam bit the apple, he, he was not deceived. He rebelled because he knew full well what he was doing. And so when Adam bit the apple, it was pretty much too late. God actually gave Adam and Eve another chance. And when he came down looking for Adam and Eve after they had bitten the apple or whatever the piece of fruit was, they were hiding from, from, uh, at, from God. And God asked them, Adam specifically, um, what did you do? Now, this was Adam's chance to confess. And I believe everything would have been all right had Adam fessed up to what he had done. He said, it was that woman you gave me. <laughs> That's where it all started. And now look where we are. Come exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> hey, but, how does uh, that get back to the self-condemnation and self-indignation? Is what is self-condemnation and self-disqualification. And okay. this is what I'm talking about is that um, now everything changed for me when I heard this particular scripture that says, he who knew no sin became sin so that I personally could become the righteousness of God in him. Now that is a mouthful. And I never, this is good church, you know, people say this in church and everyone says, amen, but few people know what it means. Mm. And this is the beautiful part. It means that Jesus Christ went to the cross and suffered all of the penalty for my sin, past, present, and future, so that I could, he took on my sin so that I could take on his righteousness. Now, righteousness is something I didn't know what it was. I thought it meant doing good things or acting in a particular way, but those that's not what it is. It is a, um, it is a quality of Jesus Christ. Um, his righteousness and what it means is that he is fully accepted by the father. There is no blemish, no error. Uh, he is perfect and fully accepted by the father. And so um, he has perfect access to the father. Once I have his righteousness, which is a gift, a free gift to me, thou, I have that same thing. When God looks at me, he sees perfection no matter how I'm currently acting. A lot of people will say, um, well, does that, that just gives you license to sin? No, that's not true. It's just like my father. If he had given me all of these things out of the goodness of his heart, how could I turn and stab him in the back with that? And mm. so that's all the foundation of grace. Here's what it did for me. It released me. I was able to live my life without this burden, this oppression over me that I was being, being judged. judged. Mm -hmm. You got, exactly. you felt the unconditional love and it relieved your anxiety. And, unconditional and so, love is the polar opposite of anxiety. There it is. And they so, they yeah. cannot coexist at the same time. <sighs> You're spot on. So this is something that happened as a result in, in my own life. You know, when I was a kid, I got into all this trouble and I was hiding all this stuff from my father. We both and then, did. He found out about it. And then he showed me that he, he loved me. It seemed like he loved me even more. Um, and so then I could just be myself around my dad. He wow. knew all the things that I had done. The and secrets were out. Yeah. And I could just be at ease with him and I could just hang out with him. I could ask dumb questions. I could be myself. Yeah. And really... This is it, is when you realize that you can just be yourself with God and just enjoy life. You're free. And that whole condemnation, the self-disqualification thing that I was talking about, yeah. that all goes away. And as soon as I got that into my, not my head, but into my Your heart, heart, and yeah. I talked about it last time, is these are things you have to hear and hear and hear and hear. Yeah. It's Because it'll go away. It'll slip uh, away it, without you it, even it, realizing it slowly erode. Yeah. It's like eating food, right? You get hungry every day. You've got to eat this and then, or, or vitamins and, and you're going to be uh, mentally healthy and happy as a result of these things. Right. And I struggle with all of that. Whew. 
all of that. Well, this is a snare that so many people have gotten into. And, and if you're in it yourself, it's like you feel like you're an island. You're the only one there. Yeah. Uh, it's a miserable existence. It's basically hell on earth. But when you realize that God has an answer, uh, I heard a scripture where uh, it says, uh, one of the Psalms says that he pulled me out of the pit and put a new song in my mouth. I tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what he did for me. And I just want other people to be able to uh, be able to escape that that terrible trap. It's a snare, and uh, really can drag you down and ruin your life. But there's good news, and there's a way out. That's cool. Um, and I don't have the perfect segue here. Um, and I do. If, well, I want to I want to get to this next topic. Okay, uh, and right, it's it's the you know. We pretty much lead with a in our veteran podcast here. It's our third podcast, um, but we try to lead with some over fifty starting over kind of conversation, and so that that has to do with uh, entrepreneurship. It has to do with sales. It has to do with marketing. It has to do with getting into the business of your passion uh, and whatever that may be. And there's so many different facets of that. And this week I wanted to talk about, and it may sound simple at first, but it's an incredibly deep and complex concept. And that is leadership. Mm. And I wanted to put it, frame it from my perspective first, because it's different from yours. And, um, from my perspective, I did start out my career with a small agency, which I worked my way up to creative director where I was the boss of about six, seven people. And, oh my God, the worst, the reason I couldn't wait to go out on my own was because of the disciplinarian aspect. It felt like, I felt like a babysitter for a large part and all of the paperwork. So those, I figured if I want, if I was (laughs) going to have to do a lot of things I I don't want to do. I may as well be on my own, you know? Right, right. And uh, so anyways, so I did go on my own. But during all this time, so even when I was with that agency and all my adult life, I've worked with so many different companies, no matter if they're uh, a two, three-man show or a Fortune 500 national company, international company. I swear to God, I've noticed this early on, and that is a company's personality, demeanor, entire energy will be dictated by that one person at the top. Mm. So if Mm -hmm. you have an asshole at the top that (laughs) rules through fear, then everybody does it. And that's the throw the people on everybody under the bus that goes all the way through the company. And, and you can even have somebody that's like, "Mm, okay, I struggled with in my young I was in my 20s when I was uh, the creative director. Right. And so there's a lot of young ego there that I couldn't see clearly through. <laughs> and I, what I'm trying to say right. is, so I struggled with the balance of being a friend versus being a boss. And um, mm-hmm. now I don't really know what the perfect balance is. But back to I could see with different companies, uh, even the people in the middle, it will allow for different styles of leadership permeating through the company. But then when you got a really good leader at the top that really does uh, inspire uh, is a good word, really inspires you, you really respect them. You probably fear them too a little bit, uh, maybe, but it's through a large amount of respect. That's what you find your best companies where you find your best culture. They're not, uh, the turnover is not as high. Therefore, uh, saves a lot of money uh, for the company. That's my side of it. Your side of it is you've led several large sales teams on uh, district uh-huh. national levels. Uh, I, yes. I want to know what you, I'm sure you got a million thoughts right now. So you well, take it, take it away. Thanks, Barry. Um, yeah, I've led several teams across the country and it's been the, one of the joys of my life. And again, everything that I do really revolves around my faith and how I see things through God's eyes. And and one of the things that Jesus says is the, the greatest leaders are the greatest servants. And so he led that, he says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And so that is the heart of Jesus Christ. So for me, 
that's the heart of a real leader. And as a leader on various teams that I've had, the first thing that I want to do is find out how the folks that work for me can win. And I don't mean just um, win at work by, you know, for me, it's a sales organization. So exceeding quota is the main goal. Well, you know, that's a great goal. And you're going to make a lot mm. of money do that. However, I find that's not really what directly motivates people. Uh, for right. example, Motivation that, being the key word here. I'm telling you is mm. that, um, for example, I had a woman working for me. Her name is Kim. Um, you know, you mentioned having a relationship with people and, and, and knowing what that fine line of the relationship yeah. is. This is one area that I threw in the trash. Um, I love everyone that works for me and I find ways that I things about them to love. And so, um, again, if, if I'm going to be their leader, I'm not going to just tell them to, to, to charge. I'm going to show them how to charge. I'm going to lead at the tip of the spear so that they can see how it's done. And, and, and then I'm going to allow them to take the ball and run with it, but I'm going to be right there with them the whole way. And we're going to either succeed or fail with our arms locked together. Now, in the case of Kim, she had three kids. She is a single mother, and she had three kids that were in high school, and she didn't know how she was going to be able to get them through college. And she told that to me when we first started speaking, and I told her that my job was to link arms with her and get her three kids' college education paid for. And so that's what we did. We weren't looking at simply making quota. We were making, we were looking at a way to cause her to do her parental duty and be the matriarch of her family and be respected and really be the hero of her family. And after about two and a half years of working together, she was able to amass almost the entire amount for all three kids. She had uh, uh, wow. two of them were already in college and the other one's still in high school today. And she, when, when I left back uh, a couple months ago, she had that almost in the bag. So wow. see, this is when, when you're a leader like that, uh, that, that unconditional love, uh, that respect for leadership, it, mm -hmm. I don't have to tell people to follow me. People are going to follow me because they understand that I'm in it for them. And it's a win-win situation. In fact, when we go out to a client, if we can't find a way for them to win, because it's got to be a three-way win. I've got to win. The rep's got to win. Mm. And most of all, the client's got to win. Yeah. If we can't do that, we're walking. Okay? Yeah. So, so that's the thing is a leader has to be able to show that they're in the trench with them that they have the knowledge and the experience to succeed and that they have integrity so that when when problems happen uh that 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 we've got an iron ship here and not only that another quality of the leader that i found was super important is that a a, a competent leader takes all the responsibility when things go wrong and he gives all the credit when things go right he doesn't take any credit for, for that. Mm -hmm. And so I have found that when you run an organization like that from the top down, that everyone starts to act like that. Mm -hmm. People start taking responsibility for themselves. You don't have to micromanage that way. And success is guaranteed. It's leading by example then, plain and simple. And again, it's following the example of Christ. But have you ever had the experience of having to just simply fire somebody, someone yes. because they were okay? Um, because that sounds so difficult when you're so ingrained in, with oh, your it's the worst with your philosophy that you just well, laid out. Well, sounds like a horrible uh, place well, to funnel down to. It's the hardest part. It is. And, and here's the thing is that I'm, as we talked, I'm very empathetic mm. and I don't, I don't, I, when people are hurt, I'm hurt. And, yeah. you know, when, when it's time to part ways and, you know, I, I've had the same experience myself, 
it's terrible and it's demoralizing. However, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. What's the way to do it? The way to do it is in love. That's all there is to it. Love is the big dictator here. And one thing that I found is the folks that struggled on my team, they weren't happy. This Mm -hmm. wasn't the job for them. They tried to make it work. They, they, most of them, they tried their best, but Mm -hmm. this wasn't where their blessing was. Mm -hmm. Now, Here's the deal is if, and we've talked about this before, Barry, where you're, if the blessing isn't there, you're, why be there? You're not going to be happy. Your life is going to be miserable. Your family life is going to be miserable. You're probably not going to make the money that you, that you want. And besides all that, who cares how much money you have if you're unhappy? Mm -hmm. So really the way that I looked at this is sort of like a parent that has to, help their child with a very hard thing that's going to hurt for now, but it's going to turn out to be one of their biggest blessings in life. And, and, it, and many, and I've let go of a lot of people in my career more wow. than I care to remember. Wow. And, uh, but when I, I speak to them, I speak to them with my heart and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks have gone on from there to become complete successes. Nice. The other thing too is, you know, when you have a a person that, you know, has all the potential, but they seem to be choosing to uh, screw it up on purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, Those are people that I've had to pull aside and not humiliate in front of everybody else, Mm -hmm. but have those one-on-one conversations. Uh, One of the guys that, uh, that used to work with me had had a, a terrible he made some terrible decisions and, but this guy is so smart and uh, competent, but I could see that the decisions that he was making were potentially screwing up his life. So I, I had to pull him aside and, and have a deep conversation with him about some of the choices that he was making. And I'll tell you what, Barry, I didn't want to have that conversation. It'd be a hard conversation uh, to say the least. It's it's getting into somebody's personal shit, really. You know, and the only reason you would do this is really love. And, and I cared about this person greatly and had that conversation. Bottom line is that within the next couple of years, that person became the number one sales rep. As a matter of fact, last year he made the, that he and I made the biggest sale, uh, at, at, uh, the company that I came from. And, and so, um, you know, it pays to invest your heart uh, into the people that, that you work with. And I'll tell you another thing too, is that when you invest your heart, it's a big risk because your heart's out there and it, it could yeah. get hurt that way. But I find that it's, it, the risk is worth it. And I've had my heart broken and I've been betrayed, but, um, those downsides sides are, are nothing in comparison to the upsides of being able to be a blessing in somebody else's life. And that's really what leadership affords you to the ability to do. Uh, you know, I would absolutely love to see, and I know that you are on a uh, intentional hiatus. And we talked yeah. about that for the first time in your life, you've found the opportunity <laughs> to be free for a while, right. having it's raised your amazing. kids and all yeah. of that. Oh, you've been through the ringer. I've seen you. Through, we've seen each other through all the ups and downs and, and you earned, you've earned this highest, but I would really, really love to see you, uh, get some contracts. They, uh, they would have to be at minimum three months, probably more like six months to go in and revamp someone's sales staff to literally open to that. I would love to see that. I could absolutely totally see it where you go in uh you probably are assisting the current district manager or whoever that whatever that title may be and or you are just heading them up training them and identifying who is ready for a bigger leadership role and groom that person to take over where you leave off where you leave mm-hmm. and move on I love to the, the idea contract. Yeah. oh it's That's it's a, like it's a, a great idea it's like a venture capitalist. I remember I was at a networking thing fairly recently and a venture capitalist was being interviewed. Young guy too. 
but he was talking about the entire qualification process that with that funnels down into a select few companies that then he and his partners get to help thrive. And I thought how fascinating to be at that high level of seeing very objectively what's going on with these companies and going in and tinkering with them to help them succeed rather than be in the trenches constantly with one company, which is why I like my job where I'm always working for different companies. I like that too. Well, and, and you know, in sales, that's the great thing is that you get to interact with all of these different businesses and yeah. their business model and their, their vision and tying into the best salespeople, obviously, like yourself, tie into their vision and uh, learn as much as they can about that vision. So, so yeah, I, I could see myself enjoying something like that tremendously. Yes. And again, it's really about the, the human aspect of it and helping, helping people to, to really win in life. And when you help people win in life, you end up winning. I, um, it's a, a really interesting uh, thing. Yeah. If, yeah. I, so Perry, so, I, I, go, go ahead. Okay, no, I do. I wanted uh, to say, oh, haha, ha, I'm going to let you go first. All right. Well, <laughs> dude, I'm just backing you up on what you just said because part of my marketing that I do, I help position services. I help people find the best passion behind their companies. And um, what I always tell them when I give talks, and I haven't been doing enough of that lately, but when I give talks, I talk about if – if you're just chasing after the dollar, then you're not living your pure best passion itself. If you're not yes. helping somebody and you just said that you've said that repeatedly is it's got to be a win for the client. And when yes. you actually find a way when you're helping somebody and that's really in your heart, uh, that's when your true passion comes out. That's what helps get you out of bed in the morning. That is. Yeah. And, and gives you inspiration to go the extra mile that that day. So Barry, there are people that, you know, we just started doing this podcast a, a, a few weeks ago and mm -hmm. this is number three, but already, um, I'm getting feedback from our handful of fans that are sure. out there and, uh, they're passing the link along and making sure other people are seeing it. But I got some great feedback last night from a, uh, a person that my, my brother-in-law knows, and he had a chance to watch our show last week. And we were talking about just being in the corporate world and the attitude that we should have when we find ourselves out of a job, even though we're good at what we do. Sure. And, uh, there are so many people out there that are dealing with the same thing right oh, now. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they feel like, look, when you're in that situation, you're demoralized and Absolutely. you feel like, Self-doubt. You, you feel oh. like, yeah. You, you now, remember what we, we started out with anxiety and that yes. that, that self-condemnation, yes. disqualification. That's what's happening to them. They're yes. going through this. And as they see, and there are a lot of people at our, at our age, and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm in my 50s, and who's going to hire me? And, you know, yep. all, all these terrible, crazy thoughts. Yep. And the fact is, is that based on the, the good news is based on the experience and wisdom that we've been able to amass over this We're in time, our prime. we in our prime. got an amazing Asset. advantage right now. Yes. Uh, we've got so many more options available to us yes. and all it takes is to number one, put all those feelings behind you and the emotions and it's start hard. opening yourself up for opportunity and use mm -hmm. your ears and your eyes. I mean, B Barry, it's funny as all these things were happening in my last position, you know, out of the blue, <laughs> you show up in, in California with Lisa and we're talking about doing this podcast and <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is a joy for me. I mean, this is a passion yes. for me as yeah. well. And, and I've heard that when you do the thing that you have passion about, eventually the money's going to follow. Doors so open. Don't follow Absolutely. the money. Follow your passion. And that's, that's what really over 50 starting thing. over is all about. And to your point just a minute ago, a lot of people are getting squeezed out of corporate America at our age yes. these days uh, for younger, uh, younger talent, even yes. though, yeah, we got the experience. But with that, there's always the opportunity. And we, we touched on it in the last podcast. It's worth saying again, if you're motivated and you open doors, opportunity will be 
the right opportunity will be behind many of them, but not just one. Do not focus on one, you know, explore. Right. And yeah, uh, right. yeah, let opportunity have a chance. I and always say the universe is working in your favor, even when, or we could say God, God is your turn, <laughs> universe is mine, even when it seems like it's not. Even when it's like, why do you keep beating me up? It's because he's trying to nudge you in the right direction. That's all that is. And, and again, from the Bible, it says that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, all, even all the bad things. And yeah. I look back at my life and I look at, oh, man, all the bad things that have happened in my life have turned thing. out yeah. to be the best blessings yeah. in my life. If you and, can uh, see it. I, Many well, of us and, can't and that's see that. That's what takes discipline. That's yeah. what takes discipline. And and we talked a lot uh, during our last podcast about our parents and and you know um, they help us in our formative years to be able to have that kind of discipline. So it's so important that parents are disciplining their kids. They're helping them to have that discipline. That's um, worth that saying is really again. Huge. Well, it, it it is it is so true, and um, you know, I really took that uh, that responsibility very seriously with my own children, and making sure that they had that as well. Because first off, I owed it to them, and secondly, is that we want to have kids coming out into the world that uh, can actually. Uh, cause the world to be a better place, not a worse yes. place. Right. So, right. you know, this is, uh, it's an interesting thing. But the bottom line is that people are listening to what we're saying here and they're yeah. getting the medicine that they need. And, and here's what I also think is really beautiful, Barry, is that here we are. Okay. We went to college together back in the 90s. Um, 80s. But look at how, no. well, 80s. yeah, you're right. Late eighties. Well, I was trying to I was trying to make us younger, but <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? <laughs> Any, no, okay, so it was in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the eighties, darn it. But anyway, so so we, there we were, and but look at us. We're from so such a we're so different, and yet so the same. And I think people watching this show can really appreciate it. I mean, here I'm black, you're white. I'm a conservative, you're a liberal. Um, you know, I, I'm a Christian. You, you're, are you a Buddhist or do you, you have an oh, Eastern I'm going to answer that quickly because it's a deep question. And I, in the first podcast, I mentioned infinity and how one of these days I want to explain that one, but that's going to take a little while, uh, because it's very rooted in, in my, in my faith. I am, I don't know what you call it. I, I was going to say agnostic, but agnostic sounds wishy-washy. And my faith is very definite and is very important to me. But I, uh, I, when I was going in my 20s, going through hard times and trying to find what ultimately made sense to me, I read a lot of Buddhism, Hinduism too. Uh, I looked around a whole bunch and I took a lot from everything. In fact, I read the Tao. Uh, the Tao Te Chung over and over uh, for a couple years. And it's 72, mm -hmm. you would love it. It's 72 principles to live your life by 2000 years old or something. And it's fantastic. So I don't call myself a Buddhist. Uh, the Buddhist is the most uh, wide open, accepting and varying kind of religion. So is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, it's kind of like my politics. I'm very independent. I cringe right. when you say I'm a liberal, but I am a liberal in the classic sense. But in today's, it, you, you almost have to qualify it today. If you say someone's I, a liberal, I, I go, Eek, I got to watch what I say there. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm so independent in everything that I think and everything that I do. But I'll also say that when I talk about religion and I want you to understand this more than anything is, and I know that you do, but I want anybody to understand it. I don't want to bring doubts into anybody's mind about their religion. I am very accepting of as long as you're not hurting anybody else and it gets you, uh, makes you a better person, gives you that guidance needed. Everything that you ever say to me and have said a lot on this podcast, uh, uh, biblical, uh, Jesus inspired or whatever, I directly, I directly get that message. 
and I incorporate it in my heart. Uh, so it doesn't fall on deaf ears because I have an open mind. But if you called God, if you were of a different religion and called God something else and gave me some other great advice that made me understand anxiety, unconditional love, and so on, I'm going to use that too. You know, yeah. and I'm going to absorb it into my heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's well, and, and I, I, I really appreciate that, and and I do believe that within religion, and I don't consider myself religious, but within religion, that there are so many common principles that are, and I believe that the reason for that, and I really believe religion is sort of a man-made thing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I believe that we as human beings have, we are made by a creator and it's sort of like, he's the one that made the owner's manual. And so mm -hmm. we operate and we work in a certain way that's very common to each other. So very true. it makes sense that religions would have a lot of the same types of principles in them because of the way that we are. And largely just due to the fact that we have different languages, we have different terms for that same God. By the way, I use the term God myself and in my personal prayers, I pray pray to God. And I want to make that distinction too. Uh, I just, you touched upon it. I just believe that God is a bit more personified in the Christianity, in Christian religion to make it easier for people to understand it 2000 years ago and, and so on. But Boy, I tell you what, Barry, we could, we could do a whole show just on that. We could do um, a whole podcast every yeah, week we really could. just on that. We really, could. yes, we could. Well, I, I just wanted to say that, and in, in really you're proving my point here, it, it, this is a blessing that you and I can come together and not only have a, a great conversation, but completely respect where mm -hmm. each other are coming from, even if we don't agree with the, right. the foundational principles that each one of us have. And, sure. and in today's world, as they're watching us, um, this is uncommon, Barry. People oh, can't, people don't do this. And, and I feel like this, that because we're able to do this, we are spreading hope across this country. I mean, the more people that can see that we can actually share ideas. And the fact is, is that we probably have more in common than we don't have in common. We so we should start there all the time. You know, the and problem we, with we're on the same team, by the way. Oh, no, we're not. We're divided up into many different teams. As long as you this choose is, a team. That's that's my thing. That's why I say I'm always an independent. I don't choose a team. I understand. I lean is, one well, way. My, I, I understand. Well, I mean, we all have our foundational mm. uh, beliefs, but that doesn't mean that we can't listen to other people or or find things in common. But here's what I'm saying is that I think by having this show that we sort of set an example for how people should be civil to each other when yeah, they have wait until episode five when shit really hits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're well, at yeah, each other's exactly. <laughs> when it's like, um, meet at LAX, buddy. <laughs> now, I'm just going to say, I believe that, you know, this has only really happened for a large part since the advent of the internet. Because prior to that, unless it was a telephone, we had to go face to face up against yeah. somebody. The, the internet to me, and when I say that, largely it's social media is what I'm talking about. It's road, it's online road rage. So you get in your car, you have that distance. Uh, and I'm terrible. Boy, ask Lisa about me driving. I'm, I'm like, get the hell out of you, out of the way, you dumbass, and stuff like that. And if I got out of the car, like, oh, I know them, shit. Um, that's what the internet is like, where you're, you're on a keyboard. I agree with that. You got that complete distance, and our innate instincts are coming out. But I do believe that, as with everything else, we will learn and mature and evolve. And it will I realize hope so. I think I think so, and and realize that even if it's an avatar, a uh, virtual representation of ourselves, it is still a re it is still representing us. And I agree. I've seen. I think we've seen our own attitudes about social media grow and evolve in the 10, 11 years since it's been around. And in our case, we've largely distanced ourselves from it because it's so oh uh, vile. 
for that, well, I'm not even, I don't do anything on Twitter. I have a tw- Twitter handle and I post something maybe once a month and I never even look at it thereafter. So it could be getting 250,000 uh, hate responses. I don't know. Uh, that Because to me, that's a very vile platform. Well, I love your analogy of uh, uh, social media being like road rage. And, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty level-headed, I mean... In my, in my, as I've matured, yes. um, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, I think You're I'm patient grounded, and man. I You're don't grounded. You're with your it's heart. Very, it's very You're hard to your... get me to overreact emotionally. Yeah. However, even a guy like me uh, can can really freak out. I had a situation, you know, when you're you're uh, coming up to a, a red light and there's a left hand turn lane and you're going straight, but somebody in front of you decides oh, you're yeah. at a red light and they decide, no, I'm going to go into that. Everybody left-hand behind turn lane. though. Yeah, now I can't go. Well, That's this one particular sure. day, I had had it and I was so mad. And so when the guy did that, I I beeped my horn. And uh, he flipped me off. And, you know, typically, who cares? I don't care about that. But this time, I really cared. <laughs> and when I finally was able to pull up, you know, sidle up to him, I yelled out the window so loud. And I'm not, I'm ashamed of what I yelled out. But I just, I yelled so loud <laughs> that, uh, and I was only a couple blocks away from home. So when I got home, I went to tell Anne Marie about this, this guy and when I went to speak, I said, I had lost my voice. I yelled so loud at this guy. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, this is what social media is like today. Yeah, is that it is. We, we get into a rage. I say we, I don't do this, but people just get into a rage emotionally and then they just blurt out their rage and send it out to the world. Yes. And, you know, what, hey, you know, when I yelled at that guy, he didn't say, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, uh, he, he had some words. Some, see, this it's like pouring gasoline on the situation. And yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's but quite no, a I do have a problem with that. We, we have such a self-centered society, which is a big part of our problem. We, we worship uh, sports heroes and movie stars with, you know, not even a college education or whatever. And think that the more adulation that we get back to social media, the more likes, all this, you know, Instagram Mm -hmm. does it. Mm -hmm. It's all about how, how many uh, people are looking at me, how you represent yourself as the perfect family or whatever on Facebook, everybody else is getting anxious because you don't feel like they're living up, but all the way down, how we drive. And you're in LA for God's sake. So this guy decides he's going to screw everybody behind him because he's in the wrong lane. And now that burns my ass. That's your problem. Go turn wherever you can and turn around, you know, in a law abiding way, just get the hell out of the way. So totally, I would be just as pissed too. And it's because to me, it goes full circle. I see the whole thing. This is what's wrong with our society. We're so self-centered and... You know, everything I just said. Well, well you know, and that, it's, this is funny. I love the conversation because I, I have these conversations with my wife, too. And it's like, listen, we can't expect people to not act like idiots. I mean, we, we, we I act like an idiot sometimes. We all do. I mean, yeah, we're, we, should ex- we should expect it. I mean, here, I live in Los Angeles. The worst drivers on earth live here. And I when, when I drive down I go to the road, Florida well, every year. I, I tell you what, uh, when I'm driving down the road, I'm tempted to be mad, but then I just, I, I, I adopt this attitude that, Hey, they're going to act like this. They're going to act like little children on the road. I've done it before too. just expect it. Um, stay safe, keep a level head, move out of the way of these people and get home. And that's really what your goal is. How is you just want to get home? Yeah, no kidding. Hey, I did not um, hear from you about the logo that I sent you, the potential logo. Oh, you know what? My brother-in-law was visiting last week, and it was just it, we had such a great time. And but it was uh, pretty much uh, wall-to-wall planning, and I I had a hard time keeping up. But you did send me the logo. I can't wait to see it. Well, you're about to. Uh, do you see my screen? Now I see a black screen. Uh, oh. Is that it? Because I'm, 
I don't want to judge. Screen, uh, switch <laughs> screen or window. It's just a black screen. Uh, oh, wait. Now I'm seeing um, the news. Uh, it looks okay. like, uh, hey, that's pretty cool that you were able to do that. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, Barry. I love All right. that. What great picture that is. And so anybody okay. that's watching, this is a screen cap. YouTube From does this. Yes. yes. And I yeah. loved it. YouTube obviously uses facial recognition software to pick the biggest smiles, right? And it, oh, is that right? I didn't know they did that. I, I, I was mean, wondering I, how they got such great shots every time. Yeah, so I love that it captures our energy and stuff. It looks really fun, but it's low res. You know, I can make it more of an illustration. But this, this one is from our trip out there, and it I, was I'll never forget. Which we specifically took that picture right here for our podcast shot. So, you know, that's right. I forgot we took it for that shot. I love that picture. I, I sent that to my mom and she, she was, love it too. oh, what a couple of very handsome men. <laughs> All right. Now look at this. I've made a minor improvement. Of my mom, it. she had to say that. Yes, of course. I, I had our heads break the plane here. It pushes us forward more, if you understand. I'm used to that, breaking planes with my head. <laughs> I bet. So you see how it was here. It's a little more static. So I love that's, it. That's what I'm proposing. And I, I love them both. about it is the circle. I really was going with the circle. Obviously, the circle is a big part of the logo. But it also stands out when all the other podcast things, 99% of them are square. So it has to read very well at a very tiny size, and, and it should capture it. So I would like feedback, and then I think I'll probably put this on Facebook too. Any other ideas, I'm happy to entertain. But I wanted your feedback, and uh, I am – Well, i got to say this. Bravo, Barry. I, I, I think you captured the, um, not only the essence of the show, but really the essence of our friendship in the, in the pictures too. So uh, I love it. I, I just love it. And I kind of, I wish the other one was a uh, higher res because I, I just love the smiles that, I mean, cause obviously we were laughing at the same time. And this, this has been the joy of our friendship is the laughter. Oh, when I think yes. about all the times when we were living together, the laughter that we had yeah. and it never stopped. It's been over 30 years now, Barry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's absolutely amazing. And it is, it's all about the laughter and all the stories that we share, we've shared, uh, shared together and so forth. Uh, so much fun. I thought instead of, uh, because I actually did not prepare the current events, which I meant to, and by the way, are you seeing me again? Yeah, I see you. Yeah, you okay. look good too. Okay. Um, I, so I meant to take all of five minutes to prepare a couple current event questions. And I didn't, I forgot. And, uh, so, but I wanted to do something different anyway and go into uh, entertainment and kind of like current events, but the entertainment. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So a couple easy questions for you. What's your, a favorite comedy of all time or a recent oh, boy. Whatever. Favorite comedy of all time. You know, that's really a very difficult one, but I'm going to go with, uh, have you seen Idiocracy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would never call it my favorite because it was so stupid, but at the same time, it made its point. It that really was made its what point. I thought was the big deal is that it was funny to me and yeah. it kind of made me mad. Um, but yeah, it was that's such, the thing. It, it's a spoof on what's happening today. And I thought they did a really clever job culture. of it. Yeah. It, yeah. So, and I'm, I mean, everywhere I look, I see signs of it, idiocracy all around me, but uh, oh, yes. I'm, I'm curious about what yours is. Oh, mine are stupid uh, to tell you the truth, but they come right to my head. One is, and I got to tell you, it was, I saw it back in college when I was home, you know, I used to wait tables I was with a couple guys late at night after we got high and watched Funny Farm <laughs> with Chevy Chase. And oh, I never, I don't think I ever saw that. that. 
I thought it was the funniest (laughs) damn thing ever because it was all about a situation where Chevy Chase and his wife, his his Norman Rockwell-esque family, move out to this picturesque place that in the middle of nowhere, and I forget the name of it, like Rosebud, I think it was. And okay. it turns out to be a bunch of really dysfunctional people. It looked like a Norman Rockwell <laughs> setting, but really dysfunctional. And they were like, we got to get out of here. And so they're trying to do everything they can to sell their house to some other suspects. You know, and <laughs> I thought it just the whole situation was hysterical, but I'm sure the situation had something to do with it as well. But another one, just because it's so damn goofy. And again, I saw this for the first time in our our apartment, uh, Silver Meadows, uh, on a Sunday morning. You were not mm. in there. I was uh, probably three, asleep. Uh, no, you were not there. I don't know where you were. Uh, the Three Amigos. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was freaking hysterical. And I've seen it like seven or eight times since, and I still think it's hysterical. <laughs> Really, because I can't get past it. I, I see the previews to that movie, and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I have to say point. this, Barry. Hold on a second, because yeah. I remember Seinfeld is one of my favorites. Not yeah. one of them. It's my favorite sitcom. So I've watched fun. every episode probably about 20 times. I, I actually know the words to many of the episodes that I've watched it. Too many times Stands I find that I can create philosophy from their episodes and things yeah. like that. But uh, I remember I would not watch that show for the first couple of years because of the theme song. It was stupid. And I'm that, like, that's a stupid the, show. Yeah. That stupid. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I can't watch this. <laughs> and it turned out it was my favorite show. Oh, so absolutely. there you go. You can't, Judge you know a book by its cover, apparently. Your brother and I talk, and Scott, your brother Scott is one of the definitely one of the funniest people I know personally. He and I've been is. trying to get him to do some stand up out there. What the hell, man? He's in LA. You got you can do an open mic night for 10, 15 minutes, any almost any time. Um, we've had that conversation. He and I had that conversation recently. But uh, anyways, we had the He told me. Oh, good. It was a great conversation, though. Um Oh, we were talking about Seinfeld and Kramer. Kramer, mm-hmm. that iconic character. And I said, we agreed that Kramer could not have existed without Don Knotts and his, uh, what was his character in Andy Griffith? Barney Fife. Yes. One of my that, favorites. I just think that that was such an original take of such an extremely goofy character that I think, I think that had address very much inspire Kramer. I think that's a good take you i know, really uh, like that yeah. and i love barney fife oh, oh yeah to say the least but another show uh comedy i was so impressed with right out of the gate it was like even uh seinfeld took a year to get its feet underneath of them you know yep, but yep. all in the family all in the family do carol o'connor and what's her name stapleton maureen stapleton gene staple gene, gene stapleton. stapleton yep they came out of the gate with those characters nailed and those were some they really serious did. characters man uh, i think, think that's impressive it. impressive we watched that show every week at, without fail and when you really think about that show and what they said can you imagine a show like that coming on tv today no no i mean no. they were the most politically correct episodes i've ever seen in my life and it, they were fantastic uh, well they were but have you when's the last time you've seen an episode because well, it's been a long Long time. The, you know, the comedy you. was good for the time, but yes. things have changed. We should understand that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will say it's probably been about five years since I've seen an episode. But when I saw it mm-hmm. even five years ago, I absolutely cringed with the way he talked to his wife. Now it was uh, really uh, funny because it wasn't terrible. meant to be. It wasn't meant to be taken seriously. If you know that. You know, you can kind of, but to hear him call her a dingbat constantly, I, I literally was cringing inside, but that's I, how much times no. have changed, you know? It, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's a good, here's another one. Um, my, my buddy out here, Dan, the fireman is a big, uh, rat pack fan. And oh, yeah. 
that reason, I wanted to, you know that, um, what, Ocean's Eleven movie? Yeah, was that the, I like uh, that movie, yes. I never saw the newer one, but because he was such a Rat Pack fan, I saw in a TV guide or something some years ago that the original one with the Rat Pack was on TV. And so I started watching that. And yeah, man, the way times change, because, oh my God, the way they treated women in that movie was terrible. But to, at I the never time, saw the cool. original. They were, yeah, they were just, they were cool. Don't <laughs> you know, get that. Well, yeah. You know, that kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah. Times have changed. That's for yes. sure. I mean, if those guys were around today, uh, <laughs> there'd yeah. be mobs outside of their, uh, their show uh, halls oh, and it would be pandemonium. Absolutely. Without question. Uh, so along these lines, I just want to say, is there, do you have a Netflix or an Amazon prime recommendation of any kind? Um, have you been watching anything recently that you're just like, damn, this is good. Cause there's well, a quality you know, there. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm really bad at keeping up with newer movies. However, I um, I just saw a movie I've seen several times, uh, just the other day and it was Jerry Maguire and what a great movie that is. I hadn't seen my, it since it came out. Oh, I, I have goosebumps right now because it's such a positive and uplifting really? type of a movie. And, and, it, and, and really, as our show, uh, Over 50 Starting Over, the show epitomizes this whole thing because what happens is he's been very successful in his business and suddenly the politics of his business completely change. He's good, but the politics change and he's out and he doesn't have a job and he, uh, he gets fired. So he, he starts up his own business oh, and he goes right. through yeah. all of these different struggles and he keeps remembering his old mentor when he first started in the business. And, and that's my favorite part of the movie is this old, this guy, kind of a frumpy kind of guy. And he's sitting behind his desk and he's, he's giving wisdom to, uh, the Jerry Maguire. And, and I just, the wisdom that he gives is so great. Uh, you know, he starts this business is all about relationships and it just little clips like that. But at the mm -hmm. very end of the movie, you know, it, 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 he finally wins in the end and he, he gets a, he's successful in business and he gets the girl and then the mentor comes on and he says, in the end, I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you the same. And, and that's how the movie ends. And it's like Whoa. when you boil life all down, it's not about climbing the corporate ladder. It's not about, you know, what you did at work and how successful it yeah. is. It's about your life and your your loved ones and yeah. love. And, and you, so we have to put this all into perspective. It's yeah. we I don't live to work. I work to live oh that's so true is with your family and the ones we, you love and i i can truly say to you barry that i love my life and i love my wife and i wish you the same oh that's that that is very touching i i love that line we uh are coming up on 58 minutes i know you're gonna be like what i don't know yeah what, uh, what a great I wanna... place to end up though it is. I wanted to end with this one. You, your story about uh, McGuire. Uh, is it Johnny McGuire? Toby McGuire? No, oh, Toby Jer McGuire. Jerry McGuire. Jerry McGuire. Yeah, yeah. Toby McGuire was Spider Man. Um, it reminds me of a terrific movie. I know I was talking about Netflix recommendations or whatever. I don't know what it would be on at this moment. It's it's pretty old. Uh, the Kid with Bruce Willis. Mm. It, it's ah. the essence. Oh, the message in it is just, it will, oh, you'll cry like a baby through it as, as you start to see it unfold. First, you'll laugh your ass really? off through the yeah. first half. The message that you come away, okay, Bruce Willis is this very successful uh, personal brand manager in LA. And he, he's even got a tick because he's just, he's so uptight and he talks <laughs> like really down to his clients and everything. And it's really right. funny. I mean, it's really funny, um, but it's, it's, it's a Walt Disney movie like the oh. old Walt Disney movies where it does have a message. He runs into this kid mysteriously who doesn't know where he lives. He's kind of lost. And, and Bruce Willis is like, oh, just so irritated with this kid. And it turns out that it is actually him 
from whether it's another dimension oh. or whatever, a younger version of him. And That's hilarious. so he is on this journey where he's unpacking all the things that he packed away of his old life growing up, you know, and that made it such a cold heart right. and everything. Yeah. And so he and the kid heal. And then this mysterious plane keeps flying over. I'm kind of actually giving it away now, but it, that ends up being like the 75 year old version of him who oh, is wow. always looking out, kind of prompting the middle-aged version of Bruce Willis to do something. And so he redeemed it's a redemption. It it's the, the main part of this movie. It, it is, is awesome. Oh my God. The concept is awesome. The, the main point of the movie is it's never too late. All right. Oh, Just cause you're okay. middle-aged, you can change the way what you're doing over 50 starting over, uh, you know, find a true passion, find your heart, heal your past. And, uh, and, you know, live for that greater you. That's, that's a Buddhist concept. There is the, the, what's the higher self and, uh, you know, get in touch with that. And it's, it's kind of like, well, if your father missed in some places for you, you do have this higher self, which is more identified with God and can help guide you, uh, look to it. I can relate to this. And it's wow. about, and with I would, it's self. called the kid. I'd love to the see kid. that. Yeah, man. Uh, highly recommend it. And I would watch it again in a minute if I could find it somewhere. Yeah. All right. I with that, that we're recommendation. an hour and one minute in. Um, so call it a day. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, can't wait either. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any comments whatsoever, we are currently only on our YouTube channel. But by next week, uh, because I want to get a few of these uh, under our belts before I can upload them. We should be on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. But for right now, yes, if you can leave any comments in the with the YouTube videos, we would like to address them. We'd like to take questions as well. And make sure you subscribe and that you like it too. Yeah, thanks oh, a bunch. And pass pass the link along pass to it your on. friends too. Yes, please yep. do. All right, thanks a bunch, Merle. I'll talk to you next you got week. It. Uh, you got bye. it. Bye.